You know what? I know you're all pretty worn out at this point. So for this week's Tech News Day, uh, we'll put the dumb Elon news in the back of the episode. File it away. You're welcome. Mm -hmm. And instead, we'll put the dumb AI news in the front of the episode. Oh. I'm sorry. Look, it's still 2023, and we still got to be talking about AI and Elon Musk. And uh, Maybe things will be better next year. You're not going to like this, but also those two topics will at one point uh, converge when we talk about Grok. So that's what we're working with today. Apologies. Yeah. But let's start with some of the latest examples of how pretty much everything about this current inescapable AI blitz is built on a foundation of theft. Mm -hmm. Human beings create... And the AI companies gobble up that human creative spark and then puke it back out. And wow, that puke's so impressively delicious that some people think we'll soon have no need for anything else. It's all puke from here on out, boys. We're I, going on the puke-only diet. Unfortunately, or fortunately, I've uh, grown to like the taste of this delicious puke. You know, they, I, I wasn't sure about puke before, but now... I just can't see eating anything other than puke. Anytime I take a bite of anything else, I say, this isn't salty and chunky enough. It's got all the food I like already sort of mashed together with stomach acids yeah, and Yeah, I'm a human blender. Yeah. What I produce is good. Sorry. Anyways, this is, of course, a repulsive idea to anyone who has ever actually done anything creative. The work and time that goes into developing and applying that creativity is a good chunk of why being creative is so enjoyable. Every great painting, song, and story is the result of countless decisions made through the creative process. And the antithesis of this is just typing a prompt and letting an algorithm trained on existing human-created works do the rest. That's not to say these AI tools can't be help helpful as a tool in the creative process, but the idea of them replacing the entire creative process is only appealing to uncreative, incurious people. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, with that said, the hottest new AI breakthrough is one that seeks to replace one of the most basic Creative acts a human being is capable of. Dancing to music in your room. My one physical expression. AI they, is they, here, They're stealing AI it AI is here to fix that. Yeah. Since the dawn of humanity, people across every culture on Earth have found joy in moving their bodies rhythmically. It's probably the most primal form of creativity there is. And even though some people, of course, dedicate their lives to it, anyone with an able body can do it to some extent. And it feels good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and most of the time it looks good. Yeah. At the very least, you're going to see something entertaining entertaining and uplifting, or it'll at the very least be funny. So bad dancing is very funny. Right. Yeah. And that's why short little dance videos are so popular on platforms like TikTok. Mm -hmm. The good ones and the bad ones. Yeah. But mostly the good ones. Someone sees someone else doing a little dance routine that's trending, and they take a few moments to learn the moves themselves so they can join in on the trend, which mm -hmm. is really just an extension of something that has happened across... Human society, for time immemorial, Yeah, people have been teaching each other dances. And they've been damn like, robots are onto yeah. it. And yeah, here comes AI with a solution that nobody fucking asked for <sighs> that sucks almost all the joy out of this timeless experience. And not just sucks the joy out of it, steals its soul. Yes. <laughs> it Shang Tsung's these dance moves right out of the creators mm -hmm. and regurgitates <sighs> them back. What you're seeing here is a new product called Animate Anyone from Chinese conglomerate Alibaba. You upload a still image, you pick a dance, and boom. That still image isn't so still anymore. It's dancing, folks. Wow. All thanks to the power of artificial intelligence. And yeah, sure, it's fun to make Iron Man or whoever dance a silly little dance routine, but the overwhelming responses from normal people on social media was negative, with comments ranging from, why do we need this? To uh, the correct response, <laughs> this technology will absolutely be abused. 
And it's the kind of thing where the more you learn about it, the more viewpoints that you allow yourself to be privy to, the more pissed off you get. Like here's Samantha Cole at 404 Media. People have already pointed out that Animate Anyone will probably be used to abusive ends. Yes generating non-consensual videos of people in fabricated situations, which has been the primary use of deepfakes since the technology's inception six years ago. But it's not a faraway prediction. These researchers are already using people's work without their consent, as a practice baked into training and building the model. The Alibaba paper is the commercialization of the TikTok dataset, which was originally created for academic purposes by researchers at the University of Minnesota. 404 Media's quick look at the dataset shows that Alibaba's new AI is trained on a model that scraped videos of some of the most famous TikTok creators, including Charlie D'Amelio, Addison Rae, Ashley Nocera, Stina Kay, and dozens of others. The TikTok dataset also contains people who have TikTok accounts that don't have much of a following at all. But they do have a lot of moves. And we want those moves. Those are our moves now. <laughs> yep. So yeah, much like everything else in generative AI, Animate Anyone is only possible thanks to stealing from a bunch of people who never consented to any of this, which seems lazy as hell, but it's actually even lazier than that. Alibaba just took an existing data set that was manually compiled by researchers at the University of Minnesota a few years back for a completely unrelated research project. That's Thank my you. data set. Anyways, yeah, this seems like a great way to get sued. AI companies have been finding themselves on the receiving end of lawsuits from artists and authors this past year on the grounds that their copyrighted work was infringed upon. And in this case, the training data set is publicly available. So it's clear exactly who had their dance moves copied. Uh, much love to Carlton. I am so sorry, but you are being trained off of for the foreseeable future. The Carlton dance will live on forever. Mm -hmm. And isn't that beautiful? You yeah. Get, you get it long after Carlton is dead. Once, when, when the earth has boiled over and we're all long dead and aliens finally do come to say hi, they will land and a video will prompt up and it'll just be an AI human doing the Carlton yeah. dance. And those aliens can learn those dances. And isn't, exactly, isn't that awesome? Yes, that's how culture spreads. Uh, yeah, but can you copyright a dance move? Uh, using the case that we just mentioned, it's not really that easy. Yeah, if, if you uh, paid attention to the news in the past couple of years, this was a big Fortnite problem. And one such case was thrown out last year in which choreographer Kyle Hanagami sued Epic Games for using his moves in Fortnite's emotes and that's actually back on the docket. Here's Billboard. A lower court had tossed the case by ruling that Epic had copied only several unprotected poses from Hanagami's routine. But in Wednesday's decision, the appeals court said dance copyrights should be analyzed more holistically, more similarly to how courts dissect copyrighted music. Quote, We see no reason to treat choreography differently, the court wrote. Reducing choreography to poses would be akin to reducing music to just notes. Choreography is, by definition, a related series of dance movements and patterns organized into a coherent whole. The relationship between those movements and patterns and the choreographer's creative approach of composing and arranging them together is what defines the work. The element of poses on its own is simply not dynamic enough to capture the full range of creative expression of a choreographic work. The ruling does not mean Hanagami has won the lawsuit. Instead, the appeals court merely said that the lower court should not have automatically dismissed the case. The two sides will now return to the lower court for more proceedings, potentially including an eventual trial. That's why so they that's... had to launch this Animate Anyone uh, before any precedents are set. <laughs> Get it out! So I guess we'll see how that goes. I mean, it seems blatantly obvious that Epic Games just ran some clips of Hanagami's choreography through an AI motion capture tool, which does seem pretty gross and unethical. But dance choreography has never 
previously been legally protected the way music has. On the other hand, it was also previously not possible to just drag and drop a video clip into a computer program to copy someone's choreography. But regardless of the legality of all this AI stuff, Fortnite will be fine. They got the Peter Griffin uh, guy now. And when he... when he uh, Damn, Lois, this reminds me of the time I was playing Fortnite. Yeah, when he gets hit and knocked down, he does the... <sighs> the knee thing. That's great. Fortnite is the the biggest universe of pop culture properties that Family anyone has Family Guy seen. is older than the average Fortnite player. Who is this True. Uh But yes, ever since... The, uh, Fortnite is the biggest thing since Who Framed Roger Rabbit to really reach across many aisles in the entertainment industry. Yep. But on the other hand, they're also just stealing dance moves. Maybe there could be some money left over for the choreographers. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 that's, what's so, that's what's so ridiculous about it. It's just like, you could literally, if you have a game where uh, animated dances are a pretty key part of it, and you're, and in fact, you're selling some of those dances, yeah. like, hire a fucking choreographer. Like yeah. any choreographer. They, get, put them on the payroll, or just contract them out. Have them come in the studio and actually uh, mocap that shit. You could create new dance moves that would become popular. Yeah, it's just so weird. Uh, anyway, I hope Epic loses. Uh, I, I, this would be interesting. Yeah. And especially now, because they're literally copying, they're literally motion capping yeah. fucking TikTokers and being like, well, we're going to put that in our app. We're Alibaba. We're, we're, we're worth a trillion dollars. Fuck you. Yeah. But regardless of all the legality of any of this AI stuff, which will be decided in the coming years, the law and ethics are two very different things. And even when something is totally legal, you can still make a case that it is unethical. Case in point, Jimmy Stewart is back, baby. Oh, right, finally. Sure, he might have died all the way back in 1997 after a long and illustrious career as a leading man in films that remain classics to this day, but he's back, thanks to AI. Thank L- you, AI. L- luckily, not in Fortnite yet, <laughs> but... Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Ah, it's Jimmy Stewart oh, here. What? I thought I got him with my sniper rifle. <laughs> wow, they were landing a twisted tower. They could use, I believe it was his final role in um, Five Goes West. Oh. He played uh, Sheriff Wiley Burp. Okay. Just an old dog who's been been around too long. But then Five comes along and he makes Wiley Not believe enough, in things again. Too much Five erasure. We need to bring back Five. Yeah, what happened to Five? Mm-hmm. We need Five. Yeah, I think that would be... Uh, Not enough people have seen Fievel... Uh, Goes uh, West and... Uh, uh, American with, Tale, that's the yeah, good one. Of course. Anyway, using AI to bring dead actors back to life for one more job mm-hmm. is something we've seen a few examples of recently, and it was a big concern for the actors' unions in their recent strike. And there's a few ethical layers to it. On the unethical side of the spectrum, someone uses your voice and your likeness after you're dead, and there's nothing you can do about it at all. Because you're dead. Because you're dead. <laughs> And on the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, actors agree to it while they're still alive and they and or their families are properly compensated. Okay, but things get pretty muddy in the middle. A big concern for SAG-AFTRA is that this will become a standard part of all contracts and anyone who refuses will suffer professional consequences, which is a very valid concern. Yeah. And then, of course, there's people who died long before any of this even seemed possible. Like, you could, they could have never possibly imagined that such technology could ever exist. Wow, like, I put my face on a computer. Like Jimmy Stewart, yeah. who died in 1997. I hope I'm doing the right voice. That is Jimmy Stewart. Yeah, right? that's Jimmy Stewart. Okay, good. So yeah, the people running his estate, who I presume are like his, gotta be his grandkids at this point. Great grandkids, maybe? Yeah, so they said it would be fine for his ghost to read you adult bedtime stories in 
The Calm app. <laughs> it's such a weird choice for a Calm app as well. The calming voice of a dead man in my yeah. ear. Well, also just like a very lively, typically... Hi there, it's me, Jimmy Stark! Typically rambunctious. I'm not dead anymore! Are you ready to go to bed now? I think one of my neighbors is up to something suspicious. <laughs> well, Whoa! <laughs> hey, maybe you should check your window before going to bed. Oh, oh, sorry, I'm supposed to be, uh, get lovingly... Not uh, just the front windows, make sure you check the rear window as well. Oh, well, be careful, the sand man's under your bed. He's going to sprinkle sand in your eyes. Whoa. Uh, actually, this is, a, this is a fun idea. We should do Jimmy Stewart in the call map. Yeah, I'm, I'm clearly. Why are you using all this technology? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're nice and cheap. With yeah. more on the Jimmy Stewart thing, here's The Verge. It's a Wonderful Life culminates the disembodied spirit of Jimmy Stewart's George Bailey realizing the value of his life after seeing how his friends and family would suffer if he wasn't around. It's a Wonderful Life's celebration of the human spirit is a big part of why it's become a holiday classic. But everything about Sleep App Calm's latest project, inspired by It's a Wonderful Life, feels kind of antithetical to the movie's story. Through a variety report, Calm today announced the launch of It's a Wonderful Sleep Story. <laughs> It's a heartwarming new holiday tale based on director Frank Capra's It's a Wonderful Life and will star the AI-generated voice of Jimmy Stewart, who has been dead for 26 years. And yeah, it sounds like this was done respectfully and all the relevant legal parties were okay with it, but still, it does feel wrong. And this is something I've kind of been wrestling with over the past couple of months is just when, you, when even your own family is disconnected by, from you by a couple of generations, I completely understand how that family could be like, I mean, Calm is backing up the Brinks truck to the door. Yeah. We don't have to do any work at all except for sign off on this. And then our kids will have a bunch of money as well. And our family will be covered yeah, again for it's generations. It's hard to, to really fault them for it. But it's it's grotesque. It is. It <laughs> is. Uh, the end result is not great. Uh, but yeah, it is a. it does feel like a foreboding look at the future when this thing, this kind of thing is more common, especially because this isn't going to stop. The famous people from today and yesterday, I, I'm waiting for Burt Reynolds to sing me to sleep. Just uh, talking about his adventures in the South. But uh, the article continues. James Stewart is one of the most remarkable actors in U.S. history, Reese Beecher CEO Alex Serduik said. Recreating his voice with AI was both a huge responsibility and an honor for Reese Beecher. It was a way to pay tribute to his incredible career and all the good memories he left to people. To Calm's credit, it received the express consent of Stewart's family and estate to move forward with the project before actually doing so, which should seem like a given considering the actor is not around to verbalize whether he wants his voice to be used to put people to sleep. But in this era where it's become crystal clear just how keen studios are to lock actors into deals meant to turn their digital likenesses into everlasting revenue streams, Calm's latest move feels like a pretty telling sign of the times. I don't love it. And I, I think the thing I don't love about it the most is just like, we were all fine when Jimmy Stewart couldn't read you bedtime stories yes. on an app. Like, I don't think this, this really is not, added anything yeah, to anyone's life that they were expecting to happen. It's just not something anyone fucking needs. So much of this AI shit is just like, why? Yeah. Yeah. Do we need this? Also, uh, Calm just went through layoffs like last month. Of course. They spent all that money on bringing Jimmy Stewart back to I, life. I have mutuals who were let go from the, the app. It doesn't feel good, I'm sure. And it's like, Especially one month later to be like, hey, don't worry. We got Jimmy Stewart. It's also like my wife uses Calm like every night. I I, uh, <laughs> I have I have Calm. I, it's upsetting. Uh, I, yeah. I got like a year subscription in advance because I got it on a deal. Uh, 
It's like it's a good app to go to sleep too. It's like who is this fucking for? Like if you if you need uh you know a sleep and meditation app, you already have it. Yeah. Like who? What? Who is this making the difference for? Like ah well, it didn't seem interesting until I no. I listen to like piano music or something to go to sleep. It's so. It does come in clutch though because I have crippling tinnitus and I have to have something going. So yeah. Anyway, you take this kind of thing to its logical conclusion. And basically, this is just the final generation of real human actoring. Yeah. Like, the, these are the last actors. Look around you. Go look into a movie theater. Those are the, the final actors. Because think about it. Guys like Arnold Schwarzenegger had to age out of action lead roles for guys like Dwayne Johnson to take their place. Mm-hmm. But if Dwayne Johnson can just keep on starring in movies even after he's dead, why would Hollywood ever want to bother casting some living actor who has uh, less proven box office potential? Mm-hmm. And man, this, and you can't really make them do steroids anymore, so you're yeah, never going to yeah. get that build. <laughs> I mean, really, in the future, you would imagine they'd be like, hey, can you not do illicit drugs to get that bulked up? Because it's a liability. I mean, I think they're all doing it. It's a lot safer now. They all have, like, steroid doctors who are like... <laughs> That's what I'm uh, saying. There's a lot of that going on. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, like, a few of them have, like, readily admitted to it. Yeah. I think it was Tom Hardy who was just like, but he didn't. Uh, no, nobody ever outright comes in and says it. But Tom Hardy was just like, "Come on, you think I did this all myself? <laughs> How do you think I got that voice? It was all the steroids." But yeah, just uh, you know, the same actors, never any new ones. That's where this shit is headed, yeah. and it it sucks. It does. And you know what else sucks? This AI stuff is terrible for the planet. It's bad enough that all the people who were shilling NFTs two years ago have moved on to AI. But AI is also similar to NFTs in that it has a terrible carbon footprint and could not have come at a worse time. This is really not what we need right now. AI company Hugging Face is actually curious about the environmental impact of AI technology, so they've been looking into it, and it's not great. Here's the MIT technology review from a few weeks back. Hugging Face estimated that their large language model, Bloom's training, led to 25 metric tons of carbon dioxide emissions. But the researchers found that figure doubled when they took into account the emissions produced by the manufacturing of the computer equipment used for training, the broader computing infrastructure, and the energy required to actually run Bloom once it was trained. While that may seem like a lot for one model, 50 metric tons of carbon dioxide emissions is the equivalent of around 60 flights between London and New York, it's significantly less than the emissions associated with other LLMs of the same size. This has become Bloom... This is because Bloom was trained on a French supercomputer that is mostly powered by nuclear energy, which doesn't produce carbon dioxide emissions. Models trained in China, Australia, or some parts of the U.S., which have energy grids that rely more on fossil fuels, are likely to be more polluting. Oh, good. And yeah, that's just the training models. Uh, Hugging Face, more recently, they've kept at it. They released their research into the carbon impact of people actually using the models once they're released. And... It's more bad news. Oh, gee. There was a fun, uh, you know, trend. I'm glad I died in 1997, so I wasn't around for this AI technology no. to drive us straight to the no. apocalypse. Put me back in the coffin. <laughs> I hate this world. Everything's strange. Everyone's woke. Oh. Yes. <laughs> oh, man. And this is what sucks. There's a trend this week where it was just like every 10 likes, I'll make the cat happier or I'll yeah, make yeah. this more extreme. And it's like the end result's like, Oh, wow. What a cool demonstration of the thought process this robot had to get from this to this. And then meanwhile, all I can picture now is like the machine from Fern Gully just spewing oil and smoke. Uh, So, yeah, here's MIT Technology Review again from this week. 
Generating images was by far the most energy and carbon intensive AI based task. Generating 1000 images with a powerful AI model such as Stable Diffusion XL is responsible for roughly as much carbon dioxide as driving the equivalent of 4.1 miles in an average gasoline powered car. Jesus. It is literally vroom, vroom. Just it, it's it's going out and, and getting like a old two-stroke yeah. leaf blower and just running it full speed. Just mm-hmm. blah. But hey, look at this funny picture I made. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? It's a cat in a hot air balloon. <laughs> Pretty cool, huh? In contrast, the least carbon intensive text generation model they examined was responsible for as much CO2 as driving 0.0006 miles in a similar vehicle. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, no, nice. That doesn't sound too bad. Except these emissions add up quickly. The generative AI boom has led big tech companies to integrate powerful AI models into many different products, from email to word processing. These generative AI models are now used millions, if not billions of times, every single day. Yeah, when you uh, are using the AI chatbot to check up on your carbon-neutral shipping that you got because it's late, uh, you've just caused more carbon than the original shipping. Well, we can solve this by training the AI even more. Yes. I will beat this AI until it stops spewing... Carbon into our atmosphere. Anyways, this is obviously not great. It's bad. Especially with how quickly generative AI is being implemented into all sorts of different industries and applications. It would be cool if these super smart AIs could at least tell us how to mitigate the climate change that they're actively contributing to. But since they simply regurgitate the information that they've been trained on and probably want us to die faster anyway, they, yeah, just tell us that scientists have been telling us all this stuff for decades now and we should probably do something about it. Yeah. Uh, step one, don't use... Uh, stop using me. Stop u- unnecessarily using technology or uh, em- carbon-emitting <laughs> fuel. <laughs> Come on! Ah! It's so fucking annoying. Yeah. We don't need this right now. No. Like, 90% of what I've seen from AI this is just like, okay, that's a cool little trick. Yeah. And then everyone's like, no, we th- th- we are changing. We are in a second industrial revolution. It is uh, going to be... Why? Lo- whatever society finds us after we're long dead, it's going to be fascinating for them to look back and be like, they were doing like weird AI shit, NFTs, and for some reason, all of the richest people on the planet were uh, investing billions of dollars into leaving that planet yeah. when they could have saved to go to other planets that are already dead, when they could have saved the planet that was mm-hmm. life-giving the entire time. Yep. Yep. It seems like we are doing the opposite of what we should do. Uh, but yeah, speaking of uh, one of the guys trying to get us him and his rich friends, at least, off this planet yeah. and onto a much shittier one. <laughs> uh, we do have more news coming up in the Elon half Did of the show. Did you see that quote about, uh, it was something like, well, what if this happens up in Mars? And he's like, oh, I didn't think about that. I I think I saw that. He's, he's an idiot. Yes. He's a fucking idiot. He I does, hate He doesn't so know what he's doing. But yeah, before we get to that, it's time to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Factor. This bustling holiday season, you might be looking for nutritious, flavorful meals to fuel you on jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal delivery service, can help you eat well for breakfast, lunch, and dinner with chef-prepared, dietitian approved ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time and stay on track with your healthy lifestyle while tackling all your holiday to-dos. I upgraded this week. I got a filet mignon with some mushrooms and risotto. Whoa, Ooh, hey, Donald Trump out. over here. Exactly, hey. Damn. Art of the deal. I just had to give him an extra 10 bucks. Don't forget the ketchup. <laughs> well done, please. Mm-hmm. Cross meal prepping off your list this holiday season with Factor. You can skip the meal planning, grocery shopping, chopping, prepping, and cleaning up and get Factor's fresh, never frozen meals delivered to your door. They're ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. Treat yourself to high quality, delicious meals over the holidays. 
choose from 35 plus chef crafted meals every week that support a healthy lifestyle and meet your meal preferences, whether it's calorie smart, vegan and veggie, protein plus, or more wholesome options. Looking for calorie conscious options over the holidays that don't skimp on flavor? Try delicious dietitian approved calorie smart meals with around or less than 550 calories per serving. Or do you need an extra boost to support your wellness goals and feel your best during the holidays? Try Protein Plus meals with 30 grams of protein or more per serving. Factor isn't just for dinner. Count on extra convenience any time of day with an assortment of 55 plus add-ons to suit various preferences and tastes. Choose from quick breakfast items, lunch to go, grab and go snacks, and ready to drink cold pressed juices, shakes, and smoothies. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions and source 100% renewable energy for their production sites and offices. This December, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your meals and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Ready in just two minutes, no prep, no mess. Head to factormeals.com newsday50 and use code newsday50 to get 50% off. That's code newsday50 at factormeals.com newsday50 to get 50% off. Okay, buckle up, as the AI would say. <laughs> it's time for the Elon stuff, and let's just start with the Elon stuff that is also about AI. A few weeks back, Elon debuted Grok. Grok! It's clearly just him sitting at a computer replying to things. <laughs> uh, and that was his response to the overly woke, woke chatbots out there like ChatGPT that refused to say slurs and refused to post cringe. Grok is brave. <laughs> Grok is willing to do the other thing. Mm-hmm. Well, with advertising revenue on X basically on hold right now, even Paris Hilton is backing out. Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. (laughs) Thanks to Elon publicly agreeing with neo-Nazis and then telling advertisers who were concerned about all that to just fuck off. It seems like Grok might be the only way for X to make enough money to stay afloat. And Elon is currently trying to raise a billion dollars in investments to fund it. Once Grok is more widely available, the only way to access it appears to be to subscribing to X Premium, uh, X Premium Plus, sorry, not to be confused, for $16 a month. Boom. Voila. Money. Easy. Easy money. Except maybe not. Uh, tech commentator Ed Zitron, a- a.k.a. The Smiling Man, published a long piece on his Where's Your Ed At blog this week where he points out, among other things, that Grok has the potential to lose Elon money even faster than he already is. The biggest danger that Musk faces with Grok is that large language models are incredibly expensive to build and maintain. Musk apparently purchased 10,000 data center grade GPUs back in April of this year, with said chips costing somewhere in the region of $10,000 a piece, and the program likely being run out of one of Twitter's two data center sites in Atlanta and Oregon. ChatGPT allegedly costs around $700,000 a day, according to analyst Dylan Patel, and that's likely with a team of DevOps professionals doing all they can to optimize the performance, versus the skeleton crew left behind to try and make Twitter a usable product. He then does a little bit more math based on how much OpenAI spends on running ChatGPT and concludes that even with users paying $16 a month to use it, which also means they don't see any ads, uh, Grok will ultimately cost more money than it brings in. Additionally, he writes, if Musk launches Grok to every Premium Plus subscriber, it creates an inverse revenue model (laughs) where the site becomes less profitable as as its products become more popular. Musk's insistence on creating and owning a large language model rather than connecting to another LLM like, say, Snap, a company that has had exactly one profitable quarter, means that he is responsible for driving down costs rather than an external vendor, something that he has proven to be incapable of doing without destroying everything in the process. 
On top of that, he's actively marketing the product by asking Grok all manner of stupid questions, meaning that his mewling sycophants will spend days dicking around with it. As I've said before, Musk's sell the sizzle strategy is antithetical to Twitter's future because Twitter's real value isn't in its product, but in its hosting a real-time feed of the world's thoughts. Grok is financial cancer for an already dying company and may precipitate the actual death of Twitter, or as Musk has threatened in the past, it's bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, That's the thing is he's developing this as a premium product and just being like, uh, highlighting when people ask it, why is Elon Musk the biggest meme lord of all time? Yeah, it's, I mean, all this shit is unnecessary and kind of useless, but like Grok seems to have directly marketed itself as such. Um, You know, like at least with Bing and ChatGPT, when they're presenting this to the public, they're like, look, Look how much time I was able to save, like, whatever. Look how helpful this actually was to my daily life. Whereas Grok, they, they're just like, it's funny. You ask it a question and it, and it replies funny. Grok is a conversation that you have with someone, like, on Sunday during football. The other ones are presenting themselves as, like, research or yeah. completing tasks. Grok is like, I am your imaginary friend. Yeah, I'm your friend. Yeah. I'm your friend, and I'm destroying the earth. And, you know, Elon's pocketbook, which is also kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, like all this AI shit is it's it, it, really, it brought venture capital back to life because they didn't really have anything new to like just set their money on fire over. Yeah. But yeah, none of these AI companies are making a profit. Mm-hmm. They're losing insane amounts of money. Good. So it's it's just a very funny new venture for also, they're, a they're, guy who's already failing with one company to throw his hat in there. I, I think it might've been the Bing GPT one this week, but they're like, give me the rundown of maybe it was Grok. Give me the rundown of the news today. And it was like, buckle and, up buckaroo. And someone left parliament, which like obviously didn't happen, but it, it was enough. Oh yeah. It, it like slandered, uh, it, it slandered a UK parliament member by confusing him with George Santos, yep. mm-hmm. which another thing in this, this article, this Ed Zittern article is like, uh, I don't know how true this is, but he brings up how like, having Grok be an integrated part of a social network would mean that it doesn't have like section 240 protections for lies that it tells. Yeah. I don't know. part of the plan, buddy. Yeah. Like that's, I guess we'll see with that. But that that was something I hadn't thought of. The AI did. Yeah. Well, the, that's up to the, (laughs) the the people here that believed it. That's, that's on them. I guess so. Mm Mm-hmm. Anyways, the whole Uh, article is an interesting look at various ways that Elon Musk's masterful gambit with Twitter is heading straight to collapse. It is worth a read. And Ed's return is worth a follow. Yeah. Subscribe to that substack. I think he hates Elon Musk even more than we do. Uh And his article definitely touches on the ways that Elon Musk is a a very petty and insecure man. And here's some more examples of that from the past couple of days. So first off, in our previous episode this week, we talked about how Rockstar Games posted a trailer for GTA 6 after someone leaked it prematurely. And how ex-CEO Linda Yaccarino just pathetically begged them to please post the trailer to X instead of just linking to a YouTube video. Come on! The gamers are right here! Gaming is like one of our number one topics. Yes. Uh, Rockstar did eventually do that, but before that, people started noticing that posts with the YouTube link to the trailer were being weirdly hidden. Uh, with the posts just appearing as, this post is unavailable. Um... Strange. Yeah. You're, you're left to, I don't know, presume that maybe someone was a little butthurt 
about the trailer not being posted directly to the timeline where it could rack up billions of views and decided to uh, do a little, mm, mm, do a little something, something. Yeah, it's, uh, that was certainly strange. Weird. Very specific. Weird. You can find so much fucking slaps, Twitter, you can find so much fucking hate speech in here that is just completely unmoderated. Yeah. But for some reason, uh, GTA 6 trailer. And like people like tried it, they're like, maybe it's a YouTube, maybe it's a domain level thing. It's like, no, it's literally just this yeah. link. And quite obvious because it was probably one of the most searched topics yeah. uh, uh, at that point in time. Well, very petty. Elon, after that, Elon also pretended that GTA was something that he is simply not interested in. No, I'm afraid not. Yeah, saying in a reply to uh, another thing, tried but didn't like doing crime. <laughs> GTA 5 required shooting police officers in the opening scene. Just couldn't do it. <laughs> what? There's this weird, like, uh, 90s-style moral panic, but it's... It's insane. It's the, sweeping, ta- the Tate brothers were doing yeah, it, too. It's all these, like, right-wing red pill guys being like, children shouldn't be allowed to play games that are rated M for mature. Did you see, I'm sure you saw the Ian Miles <laughs> yeah, reply. Like, I hate this guy. I never finished it. And they're like, Ian, you wrote, like, 200 articles yeah, about this not for just a few. GameRanks.com. 200. <laughs> also, in so many games, you have to bend your moral character or yeah. whatever. It's, I mean, look. It's it, a fantasy world. It'd be like, if if this was like a legitimate like reason, I'm like, sure, whatever. Yeah, if he had a, a track record of, of saying that, yeah. He's clearly just saying that because he feels snubbed. It is bizarre to see this outrage drummed up again in uh, an entire new generation of yeah. weirdos. Because this has been happening since video games were released. Well, it's also, it's like, what the fuck do you want? Like, the last time this they, they did this, uh, they actually had a, they achieved a goal of getting, like, movie-style ratings yeah. placed on video games. Uh-huh. The games are already, they're, they're M for Mature. And uh, video game stores will not sell it to a child. Yeah. So what more do you want? Well, in a similar vein, remember a few months ago when Linda was super excited to, uh, as we've mentioned briefly earlier, uh, do an exclusive partnership with the world's biggest star, still shining bright after all these years, Paris Hilton. That's hot. Well, Paris Hilton was among the many people who didn't want to be associated with X after Elon promoted an anti-Semitic conspiracy theory. So, despite the big announcement, she decided to end that partnership, which apparently included ads for her cookware. And Elon's response... The ad campaign wasn't super convincing, to be honest. I don't think Paris cooks a lot. <laughs> He's so fucking petty. Yeah. It's so, like... I would love to see so him weird. and George Santos have a petty off. It's different kinds of petty. I know, but they're both, like, nuclear. Yeah. Uh-huh. And also, uh, in what way does Elon Musk think that his comments about GTA and Paris Hilton are going to usher those... Uh, advertisers right back in. But come to Twitter, our amazing ad platform, which does not perform, by the way. But also, <laughs> if you leave or even threaten to do so, I will bully you publicly and get all of my... It's not sicko- even like bullying. It's just being like... Well, that's the implication, It's just like, though. oh, I, w- I, never, I never really thought she was hot to begin with. Like, uh, that's she didn't reject me. I actually, like, uh, she's like a six. So, I, you know. Uh, yes. At just face, not up to my standards. At face value, that's what it is. But the implication is he knows that his weirdo followers will go after and attack these people. In oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, uh, more to come. 
Uh, I'm sure because things it do never keep ends. It never, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever ends. No, but uh, if you do want uh, specifically more George Santos news, we've got buckets, buckets full of it. And hopefully, fingers crossed, that cameo coming through. Anytime I know. Now. We give. I mean, it's on us for giving George Santos money. But we didn't pay enough because you could pay extra to get it faster. Yeah, he knows, I didn't do it. He knows what he's worth now. And then it showed up on like Phil DeFranco posted it. I'm like, I feel lame doing this now. Oh, he got one? Yeah. What did he get him to say? Hey, beautiful bastards or whatever. Lame. Lame. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully ours is cooler, you know? Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. Anyways, like the video. Did you like the video? Good. If, did you not like the video? Click the like button anyway. Protest vote. A thumbs up is just a thumbs down in, in reverse. reverse. <laughs> you know, back in the old Roman days, thumbs up meant thumbs down That's and right. vice versa. That's right. But don't click the other one. Uh, also, <laughs> leave a comment, reply to a comment, subscribe to the channel, click the join button, do whatever you want. It's December, baby. Make it a December to remember. That's... <laughs> Please. I'll, I'll see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.